0: This is a Triple J Podcast.
1: If you listened to our podcast episode, What You Need to Know About Transitioning Gender, you would have heard from Dr. Eve Breeze. They're a trans non-binary writer, they're a podcaster, a lecturer and historian at La Trobe Uni in Melbourne and they recently wrote a book called All About Eve, Notes from a Transition. They spoke about what they went through with their transition, discovering their trans non-binary identity and exactly how that experience looked and felt like for them. So for that recent podcast episode, uh, What You Need to Know About Transitioning Gender, which if you haven't already listened to Definitely go back and listen. It's super important. It's really valuable, huge resource um, as an ally or as someone who is transitioning or as trans. But basically, yeah, we spoke to Eve about transitioning and they just had so much to share. The chat went for, I think, about 30 minutes all up and we couldn't fit it all into that one episode we did on Tuesday. So we wanted to make sure that you still got to hear the whole chat that we had with Eve. So we thought we'd put it up as a bonus episode. So in this chat, you're going to hear Eve talk about when they realized they were trans, what their transitioning journey has been like for them, finding their non-binary identity, how they then navigated sex, dating and relationships, and also how they found community because their transition happens during lockdown. So it was really hard for them to find uh, people who could relate to what they were going through. Also, in this chat, Eve has some really, really great advice as well if you are about to or transitioning at the moment. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Eve, for anyone listening, um, this is something that you spoke about in your book, uh, who hasn't read it, all about um, Eve. You said that gender equaled heartache for you. How did you feel about the sex that you were assigned at birth?
0: So I was assigned female at birth and it always felt like, I suppose, like an incorrect assignment, like a burden. You know, I I think like many trans people like many people in general was a real people pleaser as as a child and a young person so i tried really really hard to like get a gold star for performing my assigned role of of girl and later woman so i you know i tried to be femme and you know have long hair and wear dresses and be sort of appropriately feminine and submissive but it just It always felt like an effort. It always felt like a burden or or a role I was being forced to play that never quite fitted. So a metaphor I often use to describe it is it felt like being cast in a play, but I was cast in a role that just like didn't suit me at all and was all wrong for me. So if I tried really hard, I could kind of play the role of girl or woman convincingly, but it always felt like like a burden or like heartache. So gender was never really like a happy place for me.
1: You spoke about in your book that there were moments within your childhood that you kind of look back now and you're like, oh, okay, like kind of what you're saying here, it, it, it didn't make sense for you. Was there a, a pivotal moment where you realized you were trans and it, made, it was just like an aha moment or it made complete sense to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, my kind of official aha moment happened when I was 30, and I was on holiday alone in Canada. I'd um, just taken some, you know, newly legalized marijuana in the, the province of British Columbia, and had a nice time and woke up the next morning just with this incredible moment of clarity this like sentence in my mind saying you know you're not a woman wearing women's clothes is drag and it almost felt like a message from god It was kind of a spiritual experience like that even though i'm not really a religious person So that was sort of, you know, one big aha moment. But as, you know, as I've sort of written in my book, there were lots of moments looking back when you can see those signs that point to the fact that there was something going on with my gender. Like when I was about 11, so in that kind of awkward pre-pubescent stage, I had really short hair, kind of like my hair now. And I played in a boys' cricket team because there was no girls' cricket team. And I felt really at home at that space. And one day I was out with my father, and we ran into a colleague of his, and the colleague thought I was a boy. So the colleague said, "Oh, it's great to meet your son." And my dad was super uncomfortable and awkward, but I was like, "Oh, huh. like that kind of that feels interesting, but kind of nice. And there were also moments like I, you know, I had an older brother who I idolised and one summer we'd been at the beach all day, we We're really hot and sweaty and he turned up to dinner that night without a shirt on because he was a teenage boy and that's, you know, what teenage boys could do. And I was like, well, you know, if, if my brother's doing that, I'm going to do that too. That's just clearly the cool thing to do. And no one said anything, but it was clearly a very awkward and uncomfortable moment. And I could sort of tell from the body language of my parents that like, as an assigned female person, even as like an 11 year old, who didn't really even have breasts. I was not meant to be uh topless in that moment but i really wanted to be and that felt kind of natural and comfortable and it was just one of those moments when gender started being really policed and i realized that there were things i was expected to do as a girl or a woman, which didn't feel natural for me.
1: Yeah, and that there was a binary as well. And, you know, you spoke, we'll touch on this soon, um, but, yeah, you spoke a lot about, you know, just even going to toilets and female, male, and, you know, the confusion around that. Um, let's, Let's go to your journey with transitioning for everyone who is trans that can be such a different experience from you know hormone replacement therapy or hormone affirming therapy um, to surgery to just I guess playing around something as simple as just playing around with gender expression through clothing and that kind of thing what did your journey look like I'd say
0: it's ongoing you know as you've kind of alluded to I think you know a few decades ago we used to think about gender transition as this very like discreet and medicalized process. Like you would take the hormones, have the surgery, and you'd go from one side of the gender binary to the other. And, you know, some people still want that and that's great, but I think it's wonderful that we're starting to think about gender transition or gender affirmation in a more expansive and kind of ongoing sense. So I suppose for me, it started with what's often called social transition. You know, I told people I was trans and non-binary. I changed my pronouns from she/her to they/them. I kind of changed my external gender expression, so I, you know, got haircuts. I bought a new wardrobe of of menswear, which ended up being boys' wear because I couldn't really fit into any men's clothes. So I spent a lot of time loitering in the boyswear section of Zara and came up trying to find clothes that would fit so that and I changed my name of course so my I was you know I had a different name when I was born and so I changed that to Eve but then I suppose over time I began to think about uh, medical options to affirm my gender as well because I knew pretty early on that I wasn't a trans man I knew I was sort of non-binary or just trans, you know, somewhere in between um, the categories of man or woman. I wasn't really sure that uh, a medical affirmation was right for me at first, because I was worried that it would sort of make me move from one side of the gender binary to another, and I it's not what I wanted. But I suppose over time, as I began to meet more other trans people and just learn more about what was possible, I decided that I did want gender affirming surgery. So I had what's colloquially known as top surgery to remove my breasts and give me a flat chest. And I absolutely love that. Before the surgery, I was wearing a chest binder to give me a flat chest. And as anyone who wears a binder knows, can be incredibly uncomfortable and kind of hot and sweaty and awkward and so it's so liberating to just be able to like get up in the morning and put on a t-shirt and not worry about anything else and i've also been on um low dose testosterone for a couple of years now and that's a great model it really works for me so it just means you know i'm sort of my appearance is slightly masculinized and you know it puts me in this funny space where strangers often can't read me as male or female and some days that's kind of annoying but other times it's kind of fun to play with people's expectations of my gender I find now when I whenever I go through security and airport when I walk up to the security desk the person working there will say oh you know this way sir please please put your bag down here sir but then if I open my mouth to say oh you know thank you or okay they're like oh oh I mean I mean ma'am okay over here (laughs) ma'am but just get really freaked out and then if the security buzzer goes off they're like do we get a man or a woman to pat you down we're so confused I don't know and you know sometimes that's awful because you just want to like get on a plane and not have to deal with a whole gender crisis of people around you but other times it's quite amusing
1: Obviously, as a cis person, like, I I don't know what that experience will ever be like. Is it something that you have to deal with quite regularly?
0: Yeah, I think being trans gives you this really amazing perspective on how much the world is organized around gender and particularly binary gender. I think it's kind of similar in a way to the way in which, you know, white people living in a white supremacist world can struggle to see race and racial discrimination because we're constructed as the norm. I think when you are cis, you you struggle to see, like, just how rigorously gender norms are enforced. And then when you kind of come out as trans, it's all so obvious. So, yeah, I mean, every time I go to an airport, this is an issue. But just, you know, every time I need to use a public toilet. Increasingly, um, you know, there might be a, a all-gender or unisex toilet to use. But still, most of the time, it's just like a men's toilet or a woman's toilet. And both those options are fraught with risk because, you know, I don't know how strangers are going to read my gender. You know, I tend to go into women's toilets just because there's more private cubicles and they're often a bit cleaner. But, you know, I get a lot of strange looks. People are visibly discomforted by my presence there. So, you know, for someone like me who really drinks a lot of water and tea and needs to urinate quite regularly, it can be be a tricky thing to navigate, certainly.
1: Eve for your you know as you said it's ongoing a journey with transitioning uh for some people they speak about a moment where they have gender euphoria have you experienced that obviously like I said it's ongoing but have you had moments of feeling finally like your non-binary euphoria oh yeah
0: all the time
1: I think you know when we talk about
0: transitioning and trans lives you know a lot of the time we focus on how hard it is to be trans and things like dysphoria and transphobia and all those are very real and true and important to discuss but you know coming out as trans and living in my non-binary weird body is the best thing that ever happened to me my everyday life is so much better and I have euphoria almost every day now I mean just you know when I look in the mirror now or when I see photographs of myself it's finally myself looking back at me you know when I was still living as a woman I hated being photographed and I detested seeing photographs of myself because it felt so jarring I'd look at these images and be like who is that woman like inhabiting my body like who who is that kind of interloper and now and now I see myself and That is just incredibly validating. It's so wonderful as well to have friends and family who really see me for who I am. They really get my non-binary gender.
1: For anyone who hasn't read the book, you obviously talk about your sexuality as well, but what has been your experience with dating and and relationships and and sexuality and sex? Yeah,
0: so that's been quite a journey as well. Like when I was younger, before I came out as trans, know i thought i was straight i um had multiple relationships with men and then i suppose in conjunction with coming out as trans i sort of realized my sexuality was queer as well and you know that's been an ongoing process to discover what that means i mean i think you know i've kind of gone through a process of exploring like asexualities you know, for anyone who doesn't know, that means asexual or aromantic, which is just, you know, a lack of interest in sex or romance. And I certainly relate to that in many ways. And it's been really quite freeing to understand and discover those identities, because as well as living in a world that assumes that everyone's cisgender, we also live in a world that assumes everyone is sexual and that being in a sexual and romantic relationship is the only way to live a good life. And so when you're single or not having sex, it can be really easy to feel like you're failing or you're a loser or you're lonely. And it's been really validating to kind of understand that that's a really valid way to live and you can have rich relationships and community without sex and romantic love. But at the same time, I think, you know, my sexuality is evolving and who knows what will happen in the future. I mean, I haven't um, been dating the last few years, but I think that's been partly a sort of a fear-based response in my part because it is scary being in a trans body, like an, a non-normative body and making yourself vulnerable to partners because there are a lot of stories out there who of trans people who've affirmed their gender while in a relationship and their partners really struggled with that. And so I suppose I have been afraid of how, um, you know, if I was to enter into a relationship, how would that partner react to my changing body and my changing gender expression?
1: You mentioned Eve community and finding community. Uh, what has that been like for you? How did you find your community? And and uh, I, I know that you've spoken about it being a lot to do with online as well. So for, yeah, our regional people who might be like, okay, well, there's literally no one here. What are some ways that you found your community and and people listening can find theirs? Well, I mean, on one level, I'm
0: kind of, fortunate to be living in what often feels like the sort of the trans capital of of this continent, like the inner northern suburbs of Melbourne or Nam. So there are a lot of trans people near where I live. But because my transition kind of coincided with the pandemic and the lockdowns, I was really forced online to discover trans spaces and trans community. Things like Instagram are really useful. Like the, the day I first realised I was trans, one of the first things I did was go on Instagram and look up all these hashtags, like, you know, trans masculine, non-binary, and just tried to get models for what, what a trans life could look like. Because at that point, I didn't know any trans people, not, at least not that I knew of. So social media can be great. I mean, obviously, social media can also be a tricky, fraught space, in lots of ways. But I think it is really great for people in marginalised communities like trans communities to find each other and form bonds. I also, um, with my, my friend and collaborator Sam Elkin, who's a great trans writer, we kind of set up a bit of a trans writing collective, which met online during the pandemic. And we ended up producing like a number of anthologies of trans writing uh including nothing to hide voices of trans and gender diverse Australia which came out last year with Alan and Unwin and just through making that book and working with our um other editors Bobak Saeed and Alex Gallagher and the whole host of incredible writers we published I met a lot of other trans people and kind of built up a community that way so I think it's great just to kind of follow your passions like you know if you're interested in writing or music or sport or you know whatever, like just to kind of try and find other trans people in that space and build community there.
1: I love that. And I guess, you know, reading books like Nothing to Hide will, you know, I'm sure be of great comfort to anyone who doesn't, isn't able to find their community at the moment in whatever way to just know that you're not alone and there's someone who's gone through something similar. Do you have any advice, Eve? Obviously, like we've said, everyone's trans journey is going to be so different It's, you know, gender diversity in itself is going to be so different for everyone. Do you have any advice for anyone listening based off of maybe things that you learned that you'd like, you maybe wish that you knew? I
0: think the main thing I'd say is just to be gentle and patient with yourself. I think especially when one recognizes that you're trans as an adult, there can be like a grief and frustration over the lost time, thinking, you know, if only I'd realised earlier and, you know, all these things I missed out on and I want everything to change overnight and I want my whole new glorious trans life to begin immediately. And like I, I had that desire and that's totally understandable. But it's a process. It's a journey. I mean, to be a bit cliched about it, I've been out as trans for five years now and I feel like I'm only really just beginning. Um, I'll probably only feel like I'm just beginning in 20 years time Uh, and that's great so you know even though like for instance I found it so frustrating that I had to wait for so long for gender affirming surgery because there is a huge problem in this country with you know there being being not covered by Medicare and there being a big backlog of people waiting for the surgery and you know very few surgeons who are qualified you know I think that was kind of all necessary like part of the process it kind of took as long as it, it needed to take in a way and I'm really grateful for every moment of the journey because it's let me learn so much about what it means to have a gender and be a human so yeah and and just to recognize that you know being trans is a thing we kind of grow into and learn by doing we don't have to kind of become experts in what it means straight away and that our own sense of our own transness can change over time as well
1: I love that that's actually the first time I've heard that that's really yeah it's really great to hear well uh Dr Eve thank you so much for jumping on the hook up thank you for having me honestly isn't even credible i yeah i was just an absolute awe of them and you should definitely go and check out their writing online their books their podcasts archive fever as well and of course we do have a few resources for you as well in the show notes which eve also recommended uh, as a good place for anyone listening who wants to learn more all right we'll see you next time bye